Today's episode of We Went Blues is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from the experts at GoToMeeting, all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Find us on smart speakers or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. You can also listen at gotomeeting.com forward slash tips. That's gotomeeting.com forward slash tips. Welcome to episode 43 of We Went Blues. Jeremy Rutherford from the Athletic St. Louis, Barrett Jackman, the former Blues defenseman. And this week, Barrett, it's the name of our show. He is the uh, person who invented the name of our show, We Went Blues. Barrett, why don't you welcome in number 16, Brett Hall. Brett Hall, one of the greatest blues, the greatest blue of, uh, of all time. Uh, thanks for taking the time. I, I know you get a busy schedule down there in Kabul, but uh, we really appreciate you uh, being on the air with us. It is uh, my pleasure as always, Jax. I'm, uh, you know, a little taken aback that it took 43 shows before you asked me to come on. <laughs> I was just afraid you were going to say no and hurt my feelings. Uh, you know I'd never say no to you. <laughs> I appreciate that. So, uh, Holly, uh, you know, we were talking about things to, you know, me and JR, about uh, things to ask you and, and go over and, uh, you know, there's a lot of golf uh, brought up. There's a lot of, uh, you know, blues celebration. Uh, and But we wanted to kind of go right to that. And, uh, you know, just after uh, a long time, I know you won a couple of cups, uh, you know, Detroit and, and Dallas. But uh, to kind of see the blues finally, uh, you know, break out of that uh, the lo- losing streak and and uh, win, the, win the cup, what was uh, that feeling like for you? And uh, I know I was with you in uh, Game 7 in Boston, but – how were you, uh, you feeling about that? Well, it was, uh, I mean, there's kind of, it's hard to put into words after, you know, all those years and, and, you know, over the 50 some years, I think you can count how many times the, the franchise missed the playoffs on one hand. And to be that consistent is one thing but on the other hand, to to tease your fans and your fan base for so long, uh, and then you know year after year, it's you know this is the year, this is the year, and all of a sudden it is the year. It's something special, and uh, I think it it says a, a great deal about uh, the loyalty and uh, uh, the greatness of the hockey fans of St. Louis uh, that. You know, there's never been an issue uh, with season tickets and and uh, uh, support throughout all those years. And for them to finally get it, uh, that's what I was most excited about. Well, Brett, we want to get into a lot of the festivities that week uh, leading up to the Game 7 win and then the parade, uh, the podium, so on and so forth. A lot of these are uh, cold cases. Nobody has heard from you on a couple of these topics, so we thought we'd go straight to the source on this one. Uh, the famous picture, it was made into a shirt that you actually uh, were wearing at the parade. Brad Hall uh, flipping the middle finger. What's the story behind it? Well, I'll tell you what. It's, uh, it's funny you ask that right now because uh, after I'm done here, my wife and I are actually going to play golf with the uh, – 
the friend of ours that I did that to. And um, she's a, a lady from Chicago, but she's uh, a diehard Bruins fan. And uh, Darcy helped her and another friend get tickets for that game six. And I happened to be sitting in that front row with uh, Ron Krzyzewski from Stiefel. And my wife whacks me and points up to the, to the far corner and they're coming down the stairs and she's wearing nothing but Bruins gear. <laughs> and I stand up and, and we see each other and I just decide I'm gonna flip her the bird uh, to tell her that uh, we're not really happy with that uh, outfit she was wearing. <laughs> How long but of was course, it? No, you know, uh, my sobriety was uh, way uh, overplayed because it was still, it was pregame. So I had had a couple, but I certainly wasn't uh, uh, over the limit by any means. And, uh, but I was, I was served enough to not think about the 20,000 cell phones that were behind me. <laughs> Hence my problem with technology. <laughs> How long was it before you uh, got your first text message of that picture from uh, either uh, Jude or, uh, or Chaser? Yeah, you, you hit it right on the head and it couldn't have been more than 30 seconds. And Chaser had texted me going, what the hell are you doing? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I mean, it's everywhere already. And I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> I think the funniest part of it is, you know, there, you talk about ego and, and athletes. And, uh, you know, this is a guy that I really admire and, and like the way he plays. But uh, Marchant was telling everybody that I was giving him the finger. And that is such a crock because they weren't <laughs> even on the ice yet. Because if you see the picture, the ice girls are still on the ice. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that sounds like a Marchant uh, ego boost to to say that you were yeah. actually gave a shit that uh, you know you, you would even uh, go go to the extent to to flip him off. Right, and the the worst part was, um, and you were with me in the freight elevator going down to the dressing room uh, after Game Seven, and when Cam Neely and the and the staff of the Bruins came on, um, and they, you they were spitting nails they were so mad and uh it wasn't till later a couple days later where i got to to uh text with cam neely and explain that uh i didn't mean any disrespect to the bruins franchise uh i was and i told him the story about what it really was so well, it was nice you could clear that up <laughs> hey brett speaking of pictures there was also some pictures uh video i suppose people saying that uh leading up to the parade that you were downtown just kind of roaming the streets. I think you got an alibi with Jax. Jax swears it didn't happen. He was with you. But let's hear your side. Yeah. Well, it's just not true. We, ne we never left our car. Um, you know, well, that's not true. I mean, I'm sure we jumped out of our car to high five somewhere or that, but we never, we never left our parade car. <laughs> I heard that someone was in a parade float that got lost. No fire truck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's one of the funniest stories I've heard. And then I heard a couple of uh, state troopers, I think, maybe, or maybe, I'm not sure. They weren't regular St. Louis police officers because they would know better. But a couple of the guys uh, almost got arrested during the parade. And, okay, it's, it's their parade. 
I don't think you can arrest them. So after that parade, did you uh, did you look back and, and you know, I, I know myself just kind of come around that first corner and seeing how many people were uh, on Market Street, but you kind of look back and you go down to the uh, to the arch grounds and you see that, that many people, uh, you know, sitting there for an hour, six hours, eight hours, ten hours just to, to see uh, the guys on stage, but... You know, going back to that, what was your uh, your thoughts of just kind of stepping on stage that first time and and looking out at the uh, the crowd and seeing uh, you know those faces and and how many people actually gathered? It was incredible, uh, like you said, to, to turn on market and see uh, that many people. You know, I I believe the population of of St. Louis is what in the surrounding area about two million. Yeah, two three million, uh, and I think. I don't. I think it would have been a good time to be a bank or a, a, a robber because there <laughs> there was nobody at home. They were all downtown, and it's uh, it was incredible. And I was lucky enough, like you said, to to win a Stanley Cup in Detroit, and uh, we had 1.2 million at the parade in downtown Detroit. And I I thought the the St. Louis parade put it to shame how many people were there, and it was. You know, we said it, and we've said it forever, Jax. Like, if you know, whenever we win the Stanley Cup, it's going to be the biggest party you've ever seen, and and I think uh, uh, we proved that right. So, Brett, you you see a microphone; it's ten feet away. And before we ask you about uh, grabbing it and what you said, let's uh, let's hear it first. Just an absolutely <laughs> epic moment, Brett. Take us through it. <laughs> you know, by that time, I was definitely overserved, And, you know, we got to the private area there where all the friends, and fa- or not friends, but family and, and players and staff were. And uh, I just looked around and nothing was happening. And it was like, uh, and I went up to say hi to the guys. And I looked and I saw the mic. And I decided to say hello to the fans. And, and it was just not thought of. It was spur of the moment. And that's just what came out. So did you, uh, after, uh, you know, We Went Blues uh, came out uh, with all the videos and the T-shirts, did you ever kind of look into getting a patent on the, uh, or some copyright going on the uh, on that uh, the slogan? Uh, I guess I should have because it's kind of pretty popular right now, isn't it? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I think you'd be paying for the uh, membership down in Cabo if uh, you, yeah. know, you, you got on that right away. Well, I, I, I'm hoping that uh, our tequila company and everyone gets on board with Codigo and they'll, uh, they'll help us do that. Let's, uh, let's hope so, buddy. But right. uh, 
So what, uh, you know, talking about going down into uh, in Cabo and in the quarantine and all that, what have you been uh, doing? How's the uh, the uh, Mexican Mafia game going? And, uh, you know, how you, uh, how you getting by? It's good. We, uh, you know, Darcy and I, we, uh, you know, wake up and, uh, you know, as she works out every day, I try to throw a few in there and then, uh, I'll get kind of lazy like I have the last couple days and I won't do anything. But, you know, then we take Nugget uh, out and throw the ball and come back and get ready. And we uh, we go golfing and uh, then we uh, crack open the code go. And uh, there's a, a group of really good friends, uh, including Michelle Trulask from St. Louis. Uh, that is that's uh, down here as well, waiting out the storm. And uh, we uh, go and have some drinks and some and some dinner and uh, and uh, you know a couple times a week we all meet on the 16th green which is right on the ocean and and we have a uh, six foot uh, apart happy hour but I don't we don't really need to be six feet apart I mean we've all been here over a month and and uh, have quarantined for well over you know three weeks so you know there's uh, it's pretty safe down here and we're in a private golf community that as you know that you've been here and so it's a pretty special place yeah it is uh is pretty amazing uh how's the uh, how's your golf game been you've been shooting low or are you uh you know just what steady? yeah i've, I've thrown a, a, a couple few low ones in there and uh you know this golf course you know if you if you hit it in the right spots uh you can make some birdies but you get those days where you don't hit it in those right spots and uh, you're just hoping to two putt. So it's, you know, there's been days where uh, I've uh, thrown a couple of uh, big numbers at it too. So, uh, but I have to tell you though, the mafia has been uh, skinning me a little bit while I'm down here. And thank God they're letting me run a, a tab because I'd be, uh, I'd be down in Mexico and run out of cash already. You might be doing some favors for him a little bit later on. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Hey, you said you were throwing the ball to Nugget. Is that your dog or is that Chaser? Yeah, Nugget. It's our uh, five-year-old uh, miniature golden doodle. And, and uh, you know, she just lives to eat and uh, play play fetch with the ball. So, we, uh, you know, this place is unbelievable. Discovery Land does such a great job with all their properties that uh, they found a spot up uh, above the 14th hole. And, and they built – it's almost like a – uh, field of dreams they built a uh, a ballpark uh, and you know if it wasn't where it was and you could build bleachers you could have the little league world series it is uh-huh. it, it's that epic um and so uh we just go out in the outfield and throw the ball for her every morning and uh you know it just it's good usually darcy and i walk up there and it's a nice two mile walk total so uh you know it's it's more than I've been doing for the last five years, so it's actually been a blessing. <laughs> hey, Brett, we're going to have some more fun with you here in a little bit. I think Jax has some questions that friends of yours uh, sent in, so we'll have some fun with that. But first, we wanted to ask you: we wanted to ask you about the uh, the current state of the NHL right now. All sorts of speculation if and when this league is going to come back. Do you think they'll play hockey again this year? Um, I'm going to say no. I just uh, I don't. I don't see how you can play without fans and, you know, with the travel 
and then and then putting the guys up in hotel. I think it's just unless something really drastic happens soon. Uh, although there's not much season left, right? It's what ten games and then the playoffs. Um, so it's not a huge. Uh, so I'll, except for the ten games, uh, the teams. Uh, 16 teams will only go on after that. Uh, but unless something happens where this they get this under control, and I, I just can't see it, I, you know, it's uh, it, it's scary. It's something I, I, I feel very fortunate that I was down here for spring break with my youngest daughter when, when this all happened. And my wife and I, we just looked at each other and said, I don't see any place safer than being right here. So I think in the whole... Baja Peninsula, there's 70 cases, so uh, we're we're pretty good here. So, but I don't think so, uh, which is unfortunate for everybody. Uh, but it's also the right, you know, if, if it's not safe, it's not the right thing to do. You know, you got to look at lives more than anything. That's my theory. I hope it does. I hope it does because I'm missing sports. I got to tell you, I'm watching last year's golf on tv right now so <laughs> well there's rumors that the uh, pga is going to be one of the first sports back so i'm sure you're pretty well uh, pretty I, excited I can about see that. that you know you can play golf without um without spectators you know the ticket revenue is something but you know the sponsors uh, as long as you plaster that sponsor's name all over and see it on tv that's that's where they get there i was talking to panger yesterday and uh he was saying that the the ratings would be through the roof, even if uh, oh. you know you, you had hockey going, and you know it'd be a good time to be a sports announcer and renegotiate your contract right now. If uh, if there was no fans and, and everybody was stuck at home just watching uh, watching the ratings uh, soar. Yeah, I don't. Uh, right now, Jax, I think no matter what sport you put on, uh, no matter what it be, it would get huge ratings. Did you happen to watch the uh, ESPN horse uh, competition the other night? Uh, I did a little bit and then kind of <laughs> got frustrated with it because it wasn't fair. You know, some guys are in gyms and the, and other people are <laughs> standing in their garden trying to hit shots and got a basketball hoop like I had when I was eight. <laughs> hey, Brett, you're talking about working out down there in, in Mexico. Drew Doughty had a uh, interview the other day. Where... Hold on here. How, oh, let's change it from working out to uh, doing a little exercise. <laughs> <laughs> so you're doing a little exercise, but here's a guy, you know, bottom of the standings, L.A., and, uh, you know, they're not going to be in the playoffs. And he says, I don't even know why I'm what I'm working out for. Could you imagine being a player in these times? Uh, you kind of feel that pull to work out and then say, nah. <laughs> well, I got, I got to tell you, I don't have to imagine it. I, I lived it because I was a part of three lockouts. And uh, I got to tell you, every time I pulled the ripcord and didn't work out either. I said, well, you know, we're not on strike. We're being locked out by the owner. So, I, you know, I, I was a little defiant when I was younger. So I would just say, screw that. So I, I actually remember back in 2004, you were in St. Louis. And uh, I think you did an interview with uh, Cusimano or somebody. <laughs> And they they were asking about uh, about the ice and uh, if you've been on the ice and all that. And I, I remember, I think one of your quotes was, "The only ice I've seen is at the bottom of my drinks." Right, exactly. <laughs> and then they asked me what kind of shape I am, and I said, "I'm five pounds from a perfect circle." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great, Barrett. And uh, I were talking earlier, Brett, and we uh, were talking about that thing going around on Facebook. It's uh, groups of people. 
and they're just called quarantine houses. Who would you want to be housed with? And I think it was house number five was Keith Kachuk, Matthew Kachuk, Brady Kachuk, and Brett Hall. What would that house be like? Well, you, I don't think you could get a word in edgewise, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, they're, this, the young Brady would be out going to the liquor store about every two days to replenish our, <laughs> our stock. I would think that, but uh, that would be a good one uh, for sure. And the other house, uh, Ovechkin, Oshie, Tom Wilson, and Kuznetsov. What do you think uh, that house would be like? Obviously not as uh, exciting as the uh, Hall Kachuk uh, home. Yeah, well, I think you'd have to throw in one of those translators somewhere along the line so they could talk to each other. <laughs> you'd probably need a translator after a couple of days at your house too, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, that's a good point by you. Yeah. So what are you binging these days? Uh, Ozarks, Tiger King, you seen any of that stuff? Uh, we've Yeah, my wife and I have always been an Ozarks fan, so we're watching a little Ozarks. And then uh, uh, right now we're kind of watching Lucifer. Have you seen that or heard of that? Not yet, no. Yeah, it's not, it's not your epic, uh, uh, you know, like Breaking Bad or Ozarks, but it's an it's a entertaining story, a story about the devil that uh, – escapes from hell and comes and helps a detective uh, solve crimes and uh, his character is excellent so i mean it's nothing but it's very entertaining it's a good time passer so over the years you've uh, you've got to you know meet a lot of different uh, celebrities and, and and athletes and all that and uh, uh, i know you've uh, you've hung out with michael jordan quite a bit what uh, what do you think about the the new documentary that's coming out uh, and uh, are you going to be watching that uh, I don't know. You know, you know, he's a hell of a guy and, and, uh, we've, we've played golf a little bit together. Uh, but I, I gotta tell you, I've never really been a huge basketball guy. Um, you know, so I don't know, you know, you know, I, unless my wife leaves, I know I'm not going to watch it because she's <laughs> not going to sit there and watch it. So, and she's in control of the TV when I'm at home. Brett, what was the story where uh, was it you and Chaser got a little lost, I should say, and, uh, you know, some kids were out in the streets and they came up to your car. Was it truth behind that story where they called you the Michael Jordan of hockey? Oh, no, we weren't lost. Um, <laughs> I was I was going to return. Where in the hell were we? I'm, I'm thinking... It might have been me and Rick Mahar, actually. And we were going to a Cardinals game after we played golf at Norwood. And I went down 70 and took Grand. And he's like, what are you doing? Don't go down here. And I go, oh, don't worry. I go, you know, everything will be fine. And, and we pulled up to a red light and uh, kind of a shady <laughs> looking group next to us. Uh, you know, looks and, and sees me in the passenger seat and uh, rolls, says, roll down your window. And so I rolled down my window and he goes, hey, he goes, you're Brett Hall. And I go, yeah. And he goes, you're the Michael Jonak. And I just started laughing. And I looked at Ricky and I said, I told you. So. <laughs> I told you you're fine. <laughs> uh. 
So, you know, your good buddy uh, Kelly Chase is, uh, has always got probably a better memory than anybody. And, and obviously when it comes to stories about you, uh, he loves to, uh, uh, you know, probably, probably makes a, a pretty penny uh, telling the Brett Hall stories. But um, he's obviously a good friend of, of yours and, and uh, you guys have had each other back over, uh, over many years. But uh, you know, how often are you talking to Chaser uh, during this? And, and uh, you know, how, how hard do you think it is for Chaser not to be around people and uh, getting in arguments with them? Yeah, I'd, I would say that's, <laughs> I'd, I'd say it's been really hard uh, on him. Um, you know, luckily for, like I said, for Darcy and I, we're down here and, uh, you know, we're in, we're in hog heaven uh, with friends in a private community. We get to golf every day, but, um, you know, we, we, we check in uh, here and there. I mean, uh, you know, I, I try to kind of check in on everyone, you know, sporadically pick a new person every day and throw them. I uh, hope you guys are safe and your family's safe. And, you know, you know, if you need anything, reach out. So maybe we can help. So, um, you know, it's a, uh, I think I'm doing a, uh, I guess something like this with him and Garth Brooks coming up. So that should be interesting. And, uh, you know, so, you know, we try to keep in touch with everyone, obviously the family, you know, I guess I'm um, uh, number 45 on the list or so. I haven't got that text message yet there, Brett. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brett, you bring up uh, Michael Jordan, Garth Brooks. Uh, I remember, tell me if I got the story right, you were excited to meet Bob Seger one time, and it turns out he was more excited to, to meet you. What about that story and other famous people that you met? Who's your favorite? Oh, my God, there is no favorites. They're all, they're all great. I, I don't think I've ever met one person that I haven't uh, enjoyed being around uh, or at least meeting, you know, that wasn't uh, cordial. Cause I think, you know, I think obviously everyone wants to be a golfer, so they love the golfers, but I think, uh, you know, everybody loves a professional athlete, just like the athletes love the, you know, the, the rock stars and the country stars and actors that we meet. So, uh, you know, there's a, you know, to, to have the chance and opportunity to have uh, met so many. And, you know, for me, being able to play in that, uh, the Tahoe Celebrity Tournament for, I don't know how many years I played in it, uh, but, you know, there was new people every year. And, uh, you know, you just, you, you make such lasting friendships uh, through those people and, and the charity tournaments that we would do uh, you know, Michael Jordan's and whatnot. I remember uh, one of the, the coolest was Darcy and I in the Bahamas at, at the Jordan tournament. And uh, we were riding in the elevator with Jennifer Hudson and uh, her husband was playing in the tournament. And uh, she, I mean, she just couldn't be nicer. And, and those are the, those are the great things you get to, uh, you know, spread the word about these people that, you know, you, you know, they see them on TV and that, and they wonder how they are and you're able to go, well, let me tell you, she's as nice in person as she seems uh, on TV. So I feel very fortunate to have met a, a lot of people. Yeah. Speaking of which, John Hamm keeps texting us very late <laughs> in the evening. <laughs> Just tell him to stop, will you? We're usually in bed by the time he's trying to call us, which is so now you know how late it is. Yeah, about 7.30, 8 o'clock. 
So you know, you talk about meeting uh, meeting all these celebrities, and obviously people are very excited to meet you all the time. But uh, you know, growing up, you're a huge uh, wrestling fan. How about uh, your appearance in the WWF, and and what that uh, was like for you, uh, knowing that uh, you uh, you probably know all the uh, the the sayings of every wrestler and theme songs, and uh, and could probably imitate most of them. Well, when I was really young, I was really into it, like the AWA with, you know, Vern Gagne and the Crusher and, and, and those guys. So, uh, but, you know, when I was in Dallas there my first year and Monday Night Nitro was coming and they asked me if I would uh, uh, go into the ring to protect Goldberg, I said, uh, sure. And then I find out that it's going to be Herschel Walker and Chuck Norris, Jean-Claude Van Damme, and myself, and and uh, I go, this is crazy. And so uh, I told a few of the guys, and they, you know, they were in the crowd when it happened, and uh, you know, it, it was a pretty cool experience. And I still have the big poster, which uh, we haven't framed yet, but I want to frame it and put it up. And it's it's all of us at the top of the ramp, holding hands with our arms in the air, and the fireworks going off in the back. Uh, after we we saved Goldberg from the NWO, <laughs> so that was that was pretty cool. That would be awesome. Uh, and it was cool because Jude was young, right? And he was kind of into it. And and we went backstage uh, and got to meet the Undertaker, and he was he was in awe. And, and that was really great to see the look on a young kid's face with these guys that he watched on TV. Hey, Brett, I didn't know you were such a big uh, wrestling fan, but I know that uh, Game 4, Stanley Cup Finals, you got on the ice to kind of get the crowd revved up, and uh, let's hear what you had to say here uh, to get these guys going. Oh, God. And so uh, social media lit up. They said you were channeling your uh, inner Ric Flair there. Well, I tell you what, you know, it's a, uh, you know, we're the home crowd is, is so important. And I said, let's, uh, let's get them going. And, uh, you know, you just kind of, uh, it, it just, again, it wasn't planned. I just went out there and, and I'm trying to figure out what happens to my voice when I get all excited there. It's, uh, <laughs> Not quite the same as normal. I thought we were going to have uh, a little bit more of, uh, you know, the Ric Flair, a little woo type uh, thing at the end. That I can't even get my uh, voice that high and start cracking. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's probably why I didn't either. Uh, but that's what I didn't understand about the shirt. Like, what's a Ric Flair drip mean? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You'd have to ask Jude a little bit more on that. I, yeah, I tried no, to I ask did. him and not, he... Not my- None of my kids knew. What do you think about all the wooing at the rinks? Uh, well, I think it. I think it's great. I mean, it's uh, you know, like there's always something. Uh, you know, it's like uh, the little song they sing for the power play, which drives me absolutely bonkers. <laughs> but uh, you know, it catches on and everyone goes with it. So, Holly, I was uh, just kind of wrap it up uh, near the end of here. Uh, so I sent some uh, a little group chat out to a few of our friends to see uh, if anybody had any uh, questions for you. And uh, obviously, um, there was probably about seventy-five of them, and probably about 
65 that were inappropriate for uh, <laughs> for on air and I don't want to get you in trouble but uh, uh, first couple are from uh, from our good friend Paul Trippy. he wants to know what the ideal mullet length should be oh that's all a personal <laughs> preference but it's got to be it's got to at least cover the the back of your neck you know it's funny as you said that I'm watching Charlie Hoffman hit a shot on TV and that that's a beautiful uh, southern mullet. <laughs> that's an acceptable mullet for you, I guess. Yeah, I mean it's all because his is his is long. He could put his almost into a ponytail. <laughs> all right, Trippy also wanted to know what uh, your ideal foursome would be uh, if uh, anybody you could pick, uh, dead or alive. Oh God, I mean, uh, I I think it would be simple. It would be uh, Jack. Arnie and Tiger. That'd be pretty good, yeah. I mean, come on. The king the and the, the two goats. All right. Eric Nininger, easy, uh, wants to know, uh, Pornhub or YouPorn? Oh, sorry. No, I wasn't supposed to read that one. Um, <laughs> Whatever one my finger hits first. I mean, <laughs> any port in a storm. <laughs> So, uh, Easy also wants to know, what's your best hangover cure? Well, what's everyone's best hangover cure? Hair, Hair the, the dog. dog. There you go. There you go. You know, when we're in Canada, it's a good uh, bloody Caesar. Uh, and and down in, uh, when we're in the States, I, I like a good Stiferino made with Codigo tequila. There you go. Another plug. Codigo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Brent, uh, a good friend, owner of uh, the Shack and uh, yeah. Corner Pub. Coming, coming uh, to Nashville, people. Uh, we'll we'll talk about that later. I don't know if that's going to happen anymore, uh, at least not in the uh, near future. But uh, uh, Brent wanted to know, uh, did you know Jax had a podcast before you, you were asked to join? Uh, well, Brent uh, – how about I didn't even know what a podcast was before they called and asked to go on it. <laughs> All right, we got a couple, a uh, couple more. Uh, Trippy wants to know uh, your ideal concert and uh, of three bands, dead or alive. Wow. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I'm gonna go with, uh, and I'll go with. They're obviously not my all-timers, but I'll give you the ones that I was uh, I wanted to see and never got to see, uh, and wish I could have seen them was Queen, Frank Sinatra, and uh, hmm, I don't know who else. Oh, I would have yeah, Michael Jackson. That that wouldn't have come to mind till later in my life before I started to appreciate how good he was, so. All right, um, you know what, the last one we got going here, uh, before you leave, I, I know you're down in Cabo and you got uh, a few more options for for food, but if you're in St. Louis, uh, once all this uh, uh, was all uh, all done, what would your uh, your first meal be and drink and where would it be in uh, in St. Louis? Oh my God, that's so unfair. There's so many groups in St. Louis. Uh, 
Can I come on? How about like the first first five nights? <laughs> you know, Paul Paul Monos Napoli. Capitol Grill there in Clayton. Any guns? Where, where would got, Darcy make you uh, take her? I got to throw some Mexican in there, Rosalita's. Oh, there you go. There you go. Anywhere because that serves they serve Coda Go. Espino's is excellent, too, for anyone who uh, hasn't been out there. I mean, it's fantastic. I just watched them uh, the episode where they were on diners, drive-ins, and dives. Hey, Brett, before we uh, get out of here, any dirt on Jax? You got a good Barrett Jackman story for us? No, oh, really? Mr. <laughs> Mr. Goody Two-Shoes, clean-cut, all-American boy, Canadian boy? Uh, no. And even if I did, I would never do that. Yeah. Jax takes care of me too good. Yeah, yeah, just as long as Mommy and Daddy aren't fighting, Brett. That's all I care about. Well, isn't that, isn't that true? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's some good stories from the doghouse, though. Oh, yeah, the doghouse. He's got a good place up there, doesn't he? Oh, he sure does. <laughs> Ho- hopefully he's building a new one in his new house. Uh, it'll be the doghouse dog underground there, Brett, and uh, right. it'll be done pretty quick. So once uh, we get all wrapped up, we'll uh, get you into St. Louis again and uh, Chris in the new place. Well, you know what? We'll have to call it is the underdog house. <laughs> you know what? That's actually what Jenny called it, the underdog. Yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. You guys must have been talking about that when you are in Cabo. No, there. no, that came right out of my gray matter. <laughs> hey Brett, before we uh, say goodbye here, how about a uh, can we get a We Went Blues? We'll play on uh, future podcasts here. Absolutely, We Went Blues. <laughs> there you go. You hear the echo all the way down to the 18th green, there, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for the time. We know you got to get out to the green there. Really, really appreciate it, Brett. My pleasure, fellas. Thank you. Good luck. Stay safe and. Uh, to everyone listening, stay safe, stay at home. Thanks, Brett. Give uh, give Darius and Nugget both hugs for me, and uh, hope to see you soon, bud. All right, buddy. Brett Hall, number 16. Jack's uh, absolutely one of a kind. I remember when I first started, 19, 20 years old, and I'd be in the press box kind of helping the other post-dispatch uh, beat writers out, and, and then after the game rundown and uh, shag quotes. And, you know, it's one of the few times in my life that I ever sprinted. I couldn't wait to get to the locker room and see what Brett had to say. The old quote machine, yeah. No, he's, uh, he's one of a kind. He's uh, uh, very lucky to, to call him a, a close friend and uh, never a dull moment when you're hanging out with uh, uh, the greatest blue of all time, Mr. Brett Hall. That was episode number 43 of We Went Blues. Brett was surprised it took 43 of them before we got to him, but we finally did, and it was a good one. Hey, other podcast at The Athletic that you can take advantage of now, Justin Williams of the Carolina Hurricanes was with Scott Burnside and Pierre Lebrun. He was the guest this week on the two-man advantage at The Athletic, and there are many, many other podcasts up right now. Uh, We hope that uh, you'll get a chance to... Tell others, tell your friends about uh, Brett Hall being on We Went Blues this week. Make sure you rate and subscribe. We Went Blues on Apple. If you click on the show URL, theathletic.com forward slash We Went Blues, you'll get 40% off on your subscription. So for Barrett Jackman, for Jeremy Rutherford, and our guest Brett Hall, we really appreciate you tuning in to episode 43 this week. We will be back with another guest next week. Stay tuned for that. We can't wait to talk to you later. Later.